right, good afternoon and welcome into Better's Last Day, or I should say good good afternoon, good morning, good night, whichever time of the day you're listening to this uh, podcast here on the Pine Room Studios Network. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. It's Better's Last Stand show number 75. We uh, had a really pretty good weekend for, for the Better's Last Stand crew. So if you're in the Better's Last Stand army and you're following along with us on Twitter or uh, listening to the show regularly, we appreciate that and uh, hopefully you uh, piggyback some of the plays that we gave out last week because it was a really, really strong weekend for us. So welcome into the show, brought to you by IC Cab as always, as well as our friends at Zambito Flooring America, Four Seasons Golf, Gumby's, and Jill's Gentleman's Club. So we appreciate all the support that we've had uh, with our radio show and as well as our various podcasts across the Pine Room Studios network. Be sure and check them out at the Pine Room Studios can check them out on social media on youtube and then obviously wherever you get your podcast spotify apple amazon so on and so forth we appreciate you checking it out and uh spread the word if uh if you uh if you like what you're seeing give us some feedback as well contact to the pineroompodcast.com give us a call on the radio show on the watchdog we're on three days a week monday tuesday and friday so we'd love to hear from you give us a call on there on the watchdog frio and stack hotline or shoot us a text on the prp text line so Tune in, and we hope to hear from you down the road. All right, let's get down to business here. As I said, show 75 for Better's Last Stand. We were up uh, over 13 units last week. That's if you didn't count the golf, which I'll get to in a moment. So we were up uh, 1365, so that's a really strong weekend for us. Uh, With golf, we were up well over 100 units for the week, uh, approximately uh, almost 102 units to be exact. We cashed with Hideki Matsuyama 75 to 1. He was 150 in play. So if you listen to the show on Friday and you bet him after that, you uh, you really even cleaned up even more because he actually he actually he wasn't quite 150. He was 150 going into the Sunday morning, but on Friday I saw him around 90. So you could have maybe got him then. But uh, if you uh, follow us on uh, BLS underscore PRP or Twitter, you can find it on the Pine Room Studios as well. It's linked there. So you can check it out if you're looking for the picks uh, each week in your golf. Uh, check them out on Thursday or whatever uh, Wednesday, Wednesday evening, Thursday mornings. Usually when I post them. So hopefully you got on Matsuyama there, seventy-five to one cash. And for him, uh, mentioned on the show last week, just he was a very inflated number for a player of his quality. And and you know he's coming back from some injuries and things like that. But he's uh, he's an exceptional player. He's a major champion, uh, and and nobody can put together a low round the way he can currently out on the tour. Very few guys can. And uh, the way he closes on Sundays is uh, something to behold, especially if he doesn't play great on Saturday. Uh, It's a definite trend, and I don't know the numbers specifically, but I've been, uh, you know, spreading the word amongst people that I know about playing him late in rounds or playing him off bad rounds. So meaning late in the tournament, not necessarily late in a round. So if he plays bad on Saturday or just average, say he just shoots even par, uh, his his numbers on a Sunday, on a closing Sunday, especially in big tournaments, and I don't know how big of a tournament Genesis is, but it's pretty big. It's a Tiger-hosted tournament, so... Um, you know that, that's going to draw some some attention. A very good field. So big tournaments. He is just exceptional when he's probably you know six seven shots off the lead. Not really a, in the key group. Not really with a lot of pressure on him. He can just go out loose and just uh, fire away. And his play on Sunday was as good as you will see in golf today. It is 
it was something to behold. His his just everything he did was perfect. His approaches were just amazing. He drove it really well for the most part. Had one trouble hole, but he ended up staying out of a the, you know too bad of an area. And then his his putting to finish it off. I mean, it just you know it was just magical. So Ducky Matsuyama gets there for us. Nine of our ten plays that we gave out uh, on the BLS underscore PRP page, we uh, had uh, nine out of those ten made the cut. We had uh, five of those players made in, in were in the top ten. Several actually were in. I think we had three in the top three as well, and we had six top twenties, which is uh, very good as well. So, however, which way you played them, if you played them to make the cut, if you played them top tens, top fives, top twenties, you won somewhere or another. If you just followed those picks, um, and there was a couple of guys that I mentioned on the show that I actually eliminated from my final picks that were just too short of a price. So, if you listen to the show on here, is Robert Lewandowski to score for? Barcelona, you got Champions League leg ones of the uh, round of 16 right now. This is the first leg for these final four teams playing today. Got Napoli and Barcelona and Porto and Arsenal. So keep your prize of those ones. But uh, Champions League soccer heating up now as we get down to the final 16 and we'll be on here in a fortnight from now. We'll be down to uh, eight teams. So, uh, or, well, no, we won't. Yeah, we will be. We'll be down to eight teams in the fortnight because they'll play the return leg. So, yeah. Anyway, back to the golf. Uh, nine and one on our pl- our plays made the cut. So, nine of our ten plays made the cut. And, obviously, we had the winner with Matsuyama and several top five, top tens, and top 20. So, uh, great performance. Best golf weekend of the year for me so far. I uh, hope you were on board with that. College basketball, we were six and five. Not great. Started out pretty well on Friday. Um, Saturday's game's not so great. EPL, exceptional. We were 4-0 on Saturday and uh, two and one on Sunday, or two, yeah, two and two and one Sunday. No, we were one and one Sunday, and then one and zero on Monday. So six and one on the Premier League soccer. So we'll take that anytime. UEFA Champions League last week we were three and two, including a plus three eighty five winner with Lazio, which you heard right here on the show last week when Lazio was able to hold on and win their match against Bayern Munich. So uh, really good performance out of us. Uh, NASCAR wise is kind of where it went south, and boy, we were we were dancing around of some monster. Monster prices in NASCAR, uh, as you know, Daytona 500 uh, postponed till Monday, which was kind of nice, something to watch after work on Monday, which was cool. Uh, but man, we had great cars, we had really good plays. We'll talk plenty with it, uh, plenty about it with Sam in the third segment of the show today. Just man, we had we just had so many guys right there in contention that could have won that for us. Uh, so not a great week in NASCAR, definitely not, uh, definitely not our best. But you had. Brad Kozlowski was dancing around with a chance to win it for sure. Uh, Corey LaJoy was right there. Um, let's see who, what other guys that we have. Uh, let's see. Ross Chastain arguably had the best car. Uh, he was right there to win it. Uh, Justin Haley ran well for us. We had, uh, let's see, where, what else do we have here? Uh, la, 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 going down the list. Daniel Hamrick ran 16th. He was in the mix to win it. Uh, Corey LaJoy, as I mentioned, was right up there. Just couldn't get it done. We had Austin Sindrick. We had David Reagan, both in the top 20. Ty Gibbs was in the top 20. Just the, the wrecks at the wrong times. Kislowski gets tore up. Uh, Daniel Suarez gets torn up. Uh, Joey Logano gets torn up. So just uh, really, really oper- you know, a chance to really have had a huge day for us, but didn't work out that way. So that's how it goes. Uh, that's that's racing, and that is uh, super speedway racing, um, even more specifically. Uh, Chris Bell, top three for Sam, and Eric Jones ran in the top ten for Sam. Sam has picked Ross Chastain, arguably, like I said, maybe the best car out there. And, uh, you know, he gets he gets collected uh, late in the race there. William Byron wins it. Uh, 
Alex Bowman, who I was one of the plays that I gave out. He was actually my top finishing play. We had him for a top five and a top and a win. So uh, that one was all right. But man, if Bowman could have just held on there a little bit longer, a few more feet, he would have won the race, and that would have been a good casher for us. So uh, NASCAR just getting going. So we'll talk with Sam about that. Uh, coming up in segment number three. We've got 14 days till AFL. I can't wait for that. I'm really excited about that. Aussie Rules Football will be back. And uh, nothing better, for if you ask me. Uh, shifting over to basketball, uh, the upsets continue. You had UConn getting dumped last night by Creighton. Kind of a bad spot for UConn. UConn coming off a huge win on the road at Marquette. Uh, or, I'm sorry, home against Marquette. They blast Marquette. Just destroy them on Saturday. And then have to go on the road to Creighton on tuesday very tough spot public was all over creighton which you had to know spelled doom for them uh you just it's really hard and i was talking last week and you know you kind of look like morons because you 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 say well uconn looks so so good and then i had somebody say oh you said uconn was was unbeatable i was like i never said they were unbeatable but I, I said I think that they're the most equipped team to win it all, and I still think that. And, yeah, they're going the road. You're not going to be going to, on the road in Omaha, Nebraska, two days after you just get a huge win over a top-five team. You're, you're not going to do that in the, in the NCAA tournament. You're going to be on neutral floor. So you're, you're not going to have that disadvantage working against you. So I, so I still think UConn is the best team. Yeah, they needed a, needed a little bit of a humbling. Uh, they have not been good on the road uh, against ranked teams for the last 20 years. So, yeah, it was an awful spot for them. I, I wasn't backing them by any means last night. But, uh, you know, people hear, hear what they want to hear. So I, I still think UConn is going to be as strong as the number one seed as you're going to have. There's not going to be anybody probably that close to them. Maybe maybe Houston. Uh, but we'll talk more about that as we get down to tournament time here. Conference tournaments coming up here in a few weeks. Teams are maxing out there to try to get into this, uh, build their resume up and try to get into the tournament. I mean, it's... Yeah, right now, there's a lot of teams. Gonzaga looks like maybe they did enough to get in, but they still got some tricky games in their conference. So uh, I can't guarantee they'll be in there. But uh, right now, UConn the favorite, five to one. Purdue seven fifty. Houston eight to one. Arizona twelve to one. Tennessee thirteen to one. Auburn eighteen to one. Um, then that's kind of where it drops off for me. I don't think North Carolina is a contender. I, at one point, I did. I tell you, who I, I still think is is a dangerous team is Iowa State. I think they're a good team because they defend. I think they're a team that could be decent on a neutral floor. People are telling me Creighton now after last night. I don't buy it. Uh, don't don't like what I see out of Creighton enough to, to back them. Illinois has impressed me a little bit more than I originally thought since they got Terrence Shannon back. They're, they're, I've watched them play a few times now, and he's really, really uh, improved his game. And, uh, you know, with him and Coleman Hawkins, they got a pretty good one-two combo there. Uh, I, I'm not sure that they're tough enough to do it, but I, I – I wouldn't discount Illinois for making maybe a run to the Elite Eight. So they're a team I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, Michigan State, I'm not, I'm not in on. St. Mary's is intriguing. Um, talked about them way, way back, really, really early in the season. Thought maybe they this could be a year where, you know, Gonzaga's a little down. Maybe they're, St. Mary's can take advantage. St. Mary's is a team that could be very live come tournament time. I think they're a little battle more battle-tested than people realize. Uh, in, a, in a good league, and uh, I think they're going to be dangerous. So we'll keep an eye on St. Mary's. Right now you can get them around 70-1 to one to make the tournament. 
or to um, win the win the championship. Sorry. Uh, so I think final four bets, though, I think for a lot of these teams are the way to go because you, at least if you're getting into the final four, you got a shot of them winning that region. You don't want to just say, "Oh, I'm all in on them," and you, you get a great run to the final four and then you get nothing out of it. Because, like I said, I still expect UConn to probably make the final four, and I'm not a favorite backer. You know, if you listen to this show, I pass on teams with bad prices. I'm not telling you I'm going to bet UConn. Uh, at five to one, there's no shot in hell I'm betting them. But it doesn't mean I don't think they'll, they'll be there. So somebody's still going to have to beat them. So that's why I'm going to um, target some to make the final four bets more so than to just win it outright. I'll spread it around a little bit. If you really, really get a good price on on the win it outright, you don't think want to take it. But you don't you don't want to get a, get nothing. If you have a strong opinion, like last year, I had Florida Atlantic and Miami both to go to the final four. Uh, had those tickets way, way back, rolled it over on them several times on each of them. And, yeah, I had them both to win it. And, yeah, it was a shame that I couldn't get one of them to the final because if one of them made the final, then it was even, uh, you know, maybe the biggest college basketball uh, wager that I've ever won. So, um, But it didn't work out. So at least I got something, though. I turned a profit, and that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. Uh, so continuing on for some other teams that I think could be uh, live. Uh, Texas Tech's been pretty decent lately, but they're no threat, I don't think. New Mexico, talked about them a few times. I still think there'll be a team that can make a run in the tournament and do a little bit of a dam- little bit of damage. Virginia's taking a couple steps back since I backed them. Uh, I, I was touting that their offense is a lot better this year, but wow, it was not good on Monday against Virginia Tech. But Again, playing rivalry on the road, exactly the same situation that UConn's playing in yesterday. You know, that's the other team's going to be ready for these these spots. I mean, that, that's make or break their season time for for some of these schools. So they got to get the wins. They're jumped up for it, and uh, you're going to have flat spots. So I still think Virginia maybe improves upon what they did last year in the tournament, where they got knocked out very early by Furman. So I think there'll be a team that I'm going to keep an eye on should they make it, because that's a really bad league, the ACC. And uh, you, you gotta uh, you gotta tread lightly because there's a lot of a lot of bad teams in that one, including Clemson, who's 101. I would stay away from them. Don't bet Florida Atlantic; they're probably going to get bounced out really fast. The respect level for them, the power rating that they have, is through the freaking roof. It's been like that all year. Uh, you've heard me say it before on the radio and on this show: is you need to fade them. Their numbers are so inflated. Uh, where you know, meaning if they're if they should be a seven point favorite on paper, they're nine and a half because everybody's betting them off of last year and you can't do that they're just they're getting everybody's best shot now and they're not up to it they're a good team but they're not great and they're not covering spreads at all so stay away from them they're going to get bounced very early in the tournament i'd be stunned if they didn't colorado state still like them i think they're a solid team that can could be all right on a neutral floor indiana state's lost two in a row was talking about them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, still think they're pretty good, but they gotta they gotta buckle down here. They can't lose any more games. Or they're gonna end up missing out if they don't win their tournament. So uh, you don't you know, when you're in a small league like that, you can't you can't give games away ever because it, you know there's usually only gonna be one or two bids. And uh, if you know if one of these big dogs gets beat in their tournament and it's an upset, somebody that wouldn't have got in wins a big conference tournament and then you're you're, you're finished uh james madison 400 to one a lot of people still saying they got a shot I, I don't i'm not buying it but uh those are some of the teams that i thought i originally thought Ole miss and arkansas would be contenders they're absolutely both terrible just so inconsistent and bad uh dayton's interesting 80 to one again they're they're a solid team uh, a few years ago they were going to be a number one seed which is stunning but uh I, I think they could be a little bit live to maybe make the sweet 16 uh obviously st john's uh in in a, lo- a lot of turmoil going on with them uh with rick patino kind of calling out his team a lot of people killed him for that uh i 
I know it's not the way you can motivate kids today, but at some point or another, these people in life need to just hear the truth. And, uh, you know, probably not the best way to go about it, but I, I can't really criticize him for anything that he said because he's being honest. Um, Colorado, Buffalo's out of the Pac-12. Uh, still think they're all right, but they, they, they do drop some, you know, they do have some inconsistent performances from time to time. So we'll talk plenty more college hoops as uh, things rage on. Uh, we got a good card tonight. So, uh, you know, get ready for March Madness. It should be a good time. I'll have uh, plays on all the conference tournaments, or at least most of them. A couple of them are going to have really, really heavy favorites, and uh, we'll probably pass on those. But some of the ones that are up for grabs, I'll uh, have a pretty good opinion on most of those. So stay tuned for that here in the coming weeks. Uh, NBA, uh, all-star game, literally set back basketball a thousand years. The worst in yeah, again, I don't watch this stuff ever, but we were at the Moorwood Vets Club. We had just got done watching, uh, what the hell did we, oh, the golf, you know, Matsuyama in the golf, and then we had another basketball game that we were watching, and it just came came on, okay, here comes the all-star game, we'll flip it off for a second. I'm telling you what, and I, everybody that listens to this show and everybody that knows me knows that I despise the NBA. Now, the NBA used to be, I, I think it, NBA and MLB, I don't know, because I love the NHL too. So I don't know. But arguably the NBA was my favorite sport back when I was a kid. I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought it was just filled with uh, incredible play and just such hard-working teams and good coaching. And um, a lot of people argue that point and tell me that today's coaching is better, that today's athletes are better. I'm not saying that the guys aren't more athletic. But if you give Larry Bird and Michael Jordan access to all these uh, – training regiments and all these personal trainers and the fucking load management and all the protein shakes and all the weightlifting programs and all the superior footwear and all the different other stuff that goes into this. Don't tell me that they're not going to be better because these guys are real basketball players. They knew the game mentally, not just physically. And the guys today don't. And the guys today, their effort level is so poor and so pitiful because they're overpaid. They're pampered. They're spoiled. They're told they're great from their time. They're in eighth grade. And it's just disgusting. But uh, if you watch that game, I feel sorry for you. Absolutely unthinkable basketball. It wasn't even a basketball game. It was. Uh, it was. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, but it, it was a an exhibit of uh, of just reprehensible behavior and and just uh, no no competitive spirit whatsoever. And uh, it, it really does sicken me. And if, if I was one of the old-time greats, I would completely cut ties with that league. That league is a cesspool of filth, and uh, they race bait, and they do terrible things to drum up, uh, you know, people on each side of the aisle fighting over things. It's 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 a, it's a deplorable league, and... Uh, I just I, I hate that people still watch it. Like I I think it's amazing for people to tell me that the NBA is better now than it's ever been. I, I it's it's just a ridiculous premise. So uh, in my mind, it never will return to what it was. It's impossible because we don't make players like they used to make uh, anymore. These kids nowadays of all kinds are just so uh, absolutely awful. Uh, just they they just don't have role models. They don't. Uh, do things correctly off the court the right way, most of them. Um, it, it's a shame. I, I, I'm sure Charles Barkley and those guys that are on the broadcast have to bite their tongue a lot because I know they're getting paid well and, uh, you know, and, and, and they try to see the good things in the in the stuff. But, man, what a garbage. What a just a total garbage product. And uh, 
it's 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 sad to see. It's really truly sad to see. But anyway, back to the betting side of things. That game had juice on it going to the under. Like people were betting, steaming that thing down. So you had the NBA All Star game. It finished two eleven to one eighty six in favor of the East. Sharp betters were actually betting this game under. So it opened to three sixty four and a half. Got bet down to three fifty three and a half is what it went off the board at. Champ Kettlewell bet the over in the game. At the end of the first quarter, it was on a 400 pace. That was the easiest bet that he ever made in his entire life. And there, there's no possibility that that was not going to uh, end over. It was just impossible. There literally not one guy impeded another guy in the entire game. It was, it was just, it was unthinkable. So anyway, nearly 400 points in the game, uh, and we're just very happy that that is. That is over. Uh, the Grizzlies were the first team uh, to clinch their uh, season win total, and not for the good. Under 46.5 caches with the Grizzlies before the All-Star break, or right at the All-Star break, as they've been uh, marred by injuries. Um, you had John Moran, obviously, going out, and uh, you know it's never been, never been a good year for the Grizzlies at all, as Napoli just ties it with Barcelona. Uh, late goal there, 1-1. The other game, Arsenal and Porto still scoreless, which I could use a couple goals here. Uh, all right, back to the NBA, which is painful to say. Magic 36 and 19 against the spread. Thunder 33 and 20 against the spread. 33, 20 and 1, that is. So those are your best teams uh, against the spread so far in uh, NBA basketball. Going back, uh, shifting back over to basketball from the college standpoint. Uh, as I mentioned, the betting public was all over UConn the other night. Uh, and a wager at DK, $200,000 on Tennessee to win it all at 14-1. to It'll pay out $2.8 million. Uh, Tennessee's a team, I, I want to try to, I want to back them sometimes, but I just can't. I, I like Rick Barnes, but he can never get over to hump. And there's always a game where they just no-show offensively, and that's been the problem. So, uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers, best covered team in college basketball, 22-3 and against the spread, if you can believe that. So, the Gophers rolling right along. Keep an eye on them as it may be a value team as we go into the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Gophers definitely at least live to cover the spread. Turning our focus over to hockey right now. Nailers have won 13 of 15. Lost a couple over out at Utah, but they had kind of been decimated by some call-ups to the Wilkes-Barre team. And Cedric Desrousseaux, one of their better top six forwards, got uh, a contract in Sweden, so he left the team. So, um we're hopeful that uh, some of the guys will be returning for the weekend series, but Nailers were able to at least pick up one out in Utah, and they return home for games against Fort Wayne and Kalamazoo this weekend at West Banker Arena. They got Country Night over there, so go check it out. It'll be uh, Frosty Friday, obviously, on Friday evening with the $2 beers, and then the Sunday Sundays and the TV giveaway as usual. And as I mentioned, Country Night Saturday, they'll have Bush Light specials. They're having a concert after the game, so... Should be a good weekend for hockey over at West Banco Arena. And we appreciate uh, the Nailers, what they've uh, decided to do with us. Partnership, we did a podcast over there at the game uh, two Fridays ago. So if you haven't checked that out, you want to hop on uh, at the Pine Room Studios on YouTube. Check that out. We were down in the end zone there. So thanks to John Parrish and the guys for setting us up. And, uh, you know, we do Nailing It Down every single Friday on um, the radio show on the Watchdog. So, Tune in for that. If you want more Nailer talk, we'd love to get your uh, your opinion too. So feel free to uh, call in the show anytime. Trade deadline looming in the NHL. That's on March the 8th. The Penguins are an absolute mess. They had a great Yarmer Yager retirement ceremony for his jersey. 
uh, on Sunday. It was a superior event uh, by all accounts. Just really, really well done. First class operation, which the Penguins are. But then the game starts, and uh, the Penguins led one nothing throughout. But a couple of late goals, a couple of bad, well, at least one bad goal, uh, and they lose two one to the Kings. And it was kind of the beginning of the end. And they lose again the following uh, game against the Islanders. Uh, just an awful showing, littered with mistakes once more. The power play, dreadful. And it doesn't look like the Penguins are going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're really going to have to turn things around. I don't see it happening. I think that group is in denial. And uh, I've said many, many times, and I, I don't know if anyone else agrees with this, and I don't really don't care, but the Penguins need to be sellers here at the deadline. And I'm not just talking about Gensel because they need to move him because they're not going to resign him, that kind of stuff. I realize that that's probably going to happen, and that's a trade that anybody would say they should make. But they need to make it a, a, a more impactful trade. They need to trade Tristan Jari. I've been saying it forever. The outside media markets, the outside teams that aren't in the Pittsburgh area, they think this guy is really, really good, and he's very talented, but he is not a winner. I've seen this guy play now for three years. He's not a winner. He's not going to be a winner. You cannot turn on a winning gene inside of somebody. They either have it or they do not have it. Like Matt Murray, for all his faults, Matt Murray was a winner when he was in form, he was a winner, and he won. And Tristan Jari, doesn't matter if his form is great one night, it will be terrible the next. You cannot count on him. And you could get an absolute haul for him if you moved him at the deadline. The Penguins are out of contention. They have another competent 1A goalie. They do not need him, and they got another goalie down in the system who is pretty good. So move him. That is That could change everything. I mean, if you could move him and get some parts and, and unload some of these bad contracts that you have, then Dubas has a shot to, with a clear canvas next year to put a better group around these core three guys that they got. And, you know, you could keep Carlson. You have a shot of actually improving the team to where you can actually be in the top three in the Metropolitan Division. It's your last hope. You, you, you're not going to do it like this. You're not going to do it by hanging on the Jari. You're not going to do it by probably hanging on the Gensel unless you're certain you can re-sign him, which I'm not really sure you can. Crosby said he wants to stay in Pittsburgh forever. I mean, if they keep losing, he might not. So, I mean, I take him at his word, but if he keep losing, he's might he might not want to. But the Penguins have got to do what's best for them in the long term, or at least in the short long term, because they, they this year is not going to work. They're not even if they make the playoffs, they're not doing anything in it. They're just not. This is a flawed team, and uh, they they need to do a mini overhaul here. And and, and I know they probably won't. It'd be stunning to me. And I know they'll say Jari is completely off the table. That is a stupid, stupid, stupid decision by management if they don't move him because you you have a guy who's way overinflated outside of the Pittsburgh market. People think he's so good. If you listen to national shows, I mean, they're talking about Vezina Trophy. They're talking about him starting for Canada in the Olympics. I, these people have never watched the games, uh, at least very often. They may see the highlights, but they don't see his game game in, game out when he's getting yanked in the, thir- in the first period on like six shots because he let in four already. Uh, yeah, so we'll see if the Penguins do it. I highly doubt they will, but uh, it would be very beneficial to them. But anyway, the Yager ceremony was awesome. So if you didn't check that out, I, I urge you to check it out and, and you know on the internet, look it up. You can find it. Uh, just all the stuff, his speech, and, and it's all the highlights that you got to see. It's a very, very nice nostalgic weekend from that perspective for me, uh, who saw him play quite a bit uh, in person. And, uh, you know, it was always, always an incredible highlight, and I uh, was blessed to be able to see him, Mario Lemieux, play on the same ice. And uh, play even not not together, but uh, in you know in the same succession in uh, Mellon Arena for all those years. So 
Uh, definitely uh, was a sign of better times, that's for sure. Uh, NHL period data goal in the first 10 minutes to the yes. Ottawa 37 and 16, Tampa 38 and 19, Minnesota Wild 37 and 21, and then the last 10 streaks Buffalo and Vegas, both on an eight and two run. Goal in the first 10, yes. Goal in the first 10, no. Winnipeg 33 and 21. They continue to be the benchmark for no goals early in games. First period overs and unders. Ottawa 36 and 17 to the over. Vancouver 37 and 21 to the over. And Detroit 35 and 20 to the over. Winnipeg 31 and 23 to the under in the first period. Second period. And third period numbers, second period overs, Ottawa. These ones are starting to get to where you want to start to go. You don't the, the the first periods are getting like priced out of market, so you're not getting nearly the value that you're getting on these second periods because a lot of people haven't caught on to these yet. So I think you should you should beat the curve right now. Second period overs, Ottawa, forty four and nine. That that is a staggering number, forty four nine. Think about that. 44-9 to the over second period for Ottawa, Toronto 43 and 11, Dallas 43 and 16 to the over in the second period. Last 10, Dallas, we talked about them being 43 and 16. Well, guess what? They're 10 and 0 in their last 10 second period overs. Ottawa, we talked about them being 44-9. They are 9 and 1 to the over along with Vancouver. So those are second period overs. Both are all three of those teams on really hot streaks. Third period overs, Minnesota 43 and 13, Dallas 43 and 14, Montreal 40 and 14. Last 10, Minnesota, Nashville, and Washington all nine and one in their last 10 third period overs. So that stuff is really, really good. Check out those numbers. You can get Chris Otto's, the guy that puts it up. I think it's at PSU Auto. On Twitter or X, you can check out the table that he updates regularly. So you get that stuff from him. We appreciate that him doing that. Uh, makes it easier for guys like us to track it. But I highly urge you to get involved in that stuff because these third and second period numbers, they're not super mispriced either. And you can actually bump up. You can get two. You can get two sometimes at a plus money. So meaning if you hit two, you get a push. So that's not terrible. If then if it goes to three, if you get a two-one second period, then you're, you're, look, you're turning plus money. In the first periods, you, it's hard to find anything right now that's that's not priced like through the roof to uh, you know for the over most of the time for the one and a half. So um, take a look at, at second and third periods. And then the third period element, to me, to me, the numbers are off market a little bit in the third period because you got the empty net variable that can pop up at any time. And uh, I think people don't realize how, how important that, that is. Uh, it's hard to imagine they couldn't realize that, but it doesn't seem like they do. Uh, a couple of things to uh, tidy up in the industry right now. New Jersey sets a state record with $1.72 billion wagered in the month of January. We'll see what February looks like. Revenue was $170 million with $115 million of the $170 that New Jersey books profited in one month coming as a result of parlays. So if you haven't learned anything in listening to the show or you're not you know, a better who's very or you're very new to the betting game, uh, parlays are just stuff you just don't want to mess with. If you do parlays, you want to keep them very minimal. And uh, maybe I always tell people that, that say, well, I love parlays. I love parlays, but I can never win. I hate it when I hit four out of five. Well, here's what I say. Bet all your games straight. Even if it's for $25, if it's for $50, if you keep turning a positive percentage, then your bankroll will expand. So if you got five plays in basketball one night 
play them all flat, straight up with your spreads or however you're doing them. Do those and then parlay them together for a smaller amount. Like don't go in on a fifty dollar parlay with five teams and then expect it. You know you're going to hit eighty percent of them and you're you're not going to get anything for it. So you don't want to do that. That's why the the casinos are rich uh, because of things like that. Parlays are not a long term winning uh, you know strategy. They're just not going to be in, in in any sport. So. Don't do them. I also recommend round robins. If you have questions about round robins, give us a call on the radio show on the Watchdog, or shoot us an email. Contact at the Pine Room Podcast messages on Twitter or X BLS underscore PRP. Uh, I'll be happy to explain them to you. Uh, round robin parlays. Basically, uh, if you did three teams, you got Team A, Team B, and Team C. You're going to do a round robin by two. You're going to have Team A with Team B. You're going to have Team B with Team C, and you're going to have Team A with Team C. Two team parlays all the way around. Even if you lose one of them. You're still alive. You can pretty much tread water enough, depending on what you're doing. If you're doing spreads, minus 110, uh, whatever your straddle is, or if you're doing money lines where you could have a plus money dog in there, it could uh, you know, change the pad a little bit. But a lot of times if you um, have one loser on the, on the round robin, you can still either turn a small profit or you can break about even. So you're at least getting back what you're investing in. So I recommend those. I the only parlays that I'll ever play are round robin parlays. That's that's all I do. Um, that's not all I do. But if I have to parlay, if I'm good to parlay, I will definitely round robin it. But flat bets is what you want to be doing in these, especially when you're doing the uh, regular straddle one minus one tens and minus one fifteens or however, whatever book you're at. Um, you know, shop around obviously for your best prices. But round robins are the way to go if you're going to parlay. I highly recommend those over a straight parlay. UFC. Uh, they were nine and one for the favorites on Saturday night. Uh, Tapura stunned Volkanovski in the UFC 298 main event. Is the only underdog. He was plus 105 though, so he's barely an underdog. Uh, plus 105, the only underdog that cashed on the entire ticket. So if you were on all the favorites in your round robin, you hit nine out of ten. Um, not sure it would pay that great because of uh, the price. Some of those were huge prices, but nonetheless, UFC. Uh, one of those nights where all the favorites were hitting. So we'll see how that progresses as well. A couple more weeks until they have UFC 299 in the middle of March. All right, we're going to take a break here. Better's last stand. Come back, talk a little baseball, talk a little golf. And then in the third segment of the show, we'll have Sam returning to talk about NASCAR. We'll wrap up the Daytona 500. And we head to Atlanta this week. It's Better's Last Stand from the Pine Room Studios in luxurious downtown Wheeling. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in Better's Last Stand, show 75, coming to you from the Pine Room Studios, downtown Wheeling, brought to you by our friends at IC Cab, 304-232-1313. IC Cab, always working. You want to download that app, too. It's uh, the best way to go. We also thank our friends, Sampito Flooring America. They have it all. You want to get up 
out to the showroom there in Tridelphia. Check out their stuff. They got pretty much anything you can walk on, as Ricky likes to say. Four Seasons Golf, also really good destination spot you want to check out up at the Highlands. A golf simulation place uh, where you can have a drink and uh, really have a great time with a group of friends. Or if you're just trying to get some work in over the winter for your own game, uh, check them out. They've uh, really got something cool going up there. So thank Ricky for all his support. Again, thanks to the Nailers, Gumby's, uh, which will be, before we know it, we'll be back out at Gumby's doing the Football Friday shows for uh, Gumby's and Jill's Gentlemen's Club. So appreciate them as well for all their uh, continued support of the Pine Room Studios here as we roll on uh, into the spring. Hard to imagine. Lots of things coming up. We've got a March 1st Nailers watch party down at Waterfront Hall. Starts around 6 o'clock, 735 face-off against the Cincinnati Cyclones. And then May the 4th, the North Atlantic Beer Mile, the first of its kind in this part. Uh, we'll be doing that down at the waterfront as well. It's uh, a beer mile where you run a quarter mile, drink a beer, run another quarter, and on, on and on and on. So it should be a really fun day. Got the Kentucky Derby that day as well. Star Wars Day. You got Cinco de Mayo on tap for the next day. So exciting weekend. Uh, we'll begin kicking off the festive season uh, here in the Wheeling area The uh, with the Ogden coming up and all that other stuff. But uh, the, uh, the first annual uh, North Atlantic Beer Mile coming up. Uh, Pine Room heavily involved in that one. So check uh, out your, I guess, your local news sources. But we'll have plenty more stuff on it at the Pine Room Studios as we get closer to that. So uh, one thing I forgot to mention in hockey is when you come out of the trade deadline, I'll be curious to see how this goes. But... I really found it hard to find, uh, like, I agree right now, Florida Panthers right now in some places are the favorite. You can find them between 7 and 10 to 1. Uh, I, I I agree with that. I think they're really good. Uh, I mentioned them several weeks ago before they even got hot and kind of started to break away from what people think. But they got toughness. They got skill. They got goaltending. They got really good coaching. I like Paul Maurice is a great coach. So, I think the Florida Panthers are a really dangerous team. They obviously made a great run last year. I, I think they'll uh, be in a good spot to, to do the same again. I think they'll be a very tough team to beat uh, in a series that, you know, their series are going to go along with them. So you're going to really, really have to bring it for six or seven games. You're going to beat the Panthers. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, too, I thought Tampa's still alive. They got good enough goaltending with Vasilevsky. They could get hot. Uh, they got a good power play. They got Kucherov. They got Stamkos. Uh, they got Braden Point. So that's enough, Victor Hedman. Uh, they did lose a couple of guys in the injury, which will be, you know, that that impacts them a little bit. We'll see if they do anything towards the deadline. And then the Detroit Red Wings. Um, most people will say they suck, but they don't. They they actually have some very good skill players, and uh, they got a pretty good power play. They got Patrick Kane. They if they could get an upgraded goaltending and maybe add one more forward, top six forward of some kind, I, I do think that they're live to make a, a little bit of a run in the East. Uh, if they can get in there, they're they're hanging on by a thread right now in the playoff race. But uh, I think Detroit is is a team that you're going to see uh, take very big leaps in the, in the coming years. But they're just like one or two guys away, contributing players away um, from being a, a more consistent team that can win in, in, in a series. So I like them from a lot of aspects. So Detroit would be the one team I'd take a little shot on in the Eastern Conference to maybe at least make it to the conference finals. Uh, you can find them around 60, 70 to 1 some places. And then in the Western Conference, I mean, obviously Colorado uh, is going to be a major contender. Winnipeg's playing pretty well in Vancouver. But all those teams show a little bit of vulnerabilities. I mean, even Vancouver hasn't played as well lately. They've been blowing a lot of leads. Well, Winnipeg struggles to score. So, yeah, playoff hockey, you don't need to score a lot. But Winnipeg sometimes just seems like a team that can play like – 
like 11 overtimes and they couldn't score. So that would worry me. But we'll see if they add anybody, see if Vancouver does anything. Rutherford always willing to make some deals there. Colorado, I think, could probably use um, a couple of added, added pieces. So maybe they improve. Uh, they're pretty stable. So I, I think they're, you know, obviously a contender. But longer shots, I still think Vegas, well, Vegas will be, I think, active at the deadline too. They always are moving in and out. And they, they're not afraid to trade, a, a you know, a player for a player, whereas they're a guy that's just not pulling his weight in their top six or their bottom six. They'll switch him out for another guy that's comparable. So just change the scenery sometimes works that way. So I think Vegas around 12, 15 to 1 is, is definitely not one to sleep on yet. And then the Kings. Uh, Kings are starting to play a little bit better now. They're getting their mojo back. They fired their coach. I think they'll be in, involved in the trade deadline if they could bring in the goalie, which is what I said all these months ago, back before they had their terrible run of losing like uh, 12 or 13 or something like that. Um, they needed a better goaltender, and they definitely do need that. So I think if the Kings get somebody and you know you can get them at 18 to 25 to 1, I think it's worth a look. And then uh, St. Louis Blues, 100 to 1 right now. They've also fired their coach. Uh, they've played a lot better lately. I watched a couple of their games. They're they're not bad. They're improving. Um, I, I think they they kind of are believing that maybe they have a little bit of a resurgence here. And if they sneak in uh, to the playoffs, I think they have the last spot right now in the West. If they sneak into the playoffs, uh, I wouldn't count them out from winning a series. So keep an eye on the Blues. They could be a nice plus price in a first-round series against somebody. So keep an eye on that one. And back to the East real quick. You, you didn't hear me mention the Bruins. I just don't see it with the Bruins. I watched, I've watched a couple more of their games like fully in the last couple of weeks. Uh, had them the other day. They blew a terrible. They blew a lead to. They were playing somebody on a Sunday, I think, or Saturday, and they blew a lead to them. Just, just should never have happened. Um, so the Bruins, to me, a team that uh, they're, they're, they're concerned. I think their goaltending is iffy. I think their bottom six is iffy. Um, so they're going to need to put it all together to improve. Uh, looks like Porto and Arsenal. Oh, no, Porto wins the game one nothing. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't like Arsenal. So, And then the other game finished 1-1. So, But that's our uh, recap of hockey, and now we'll move on to uh, baseball. So just really quick about baseball. Um, obviously, the college season's underway. I'm not a college baseball guy. I may give you some stuff down, down the line of the World Series. I find college baseball to be – some of the worst television ever. It's incredibly boring uh, and, and just long and tedious. And uh, unless you get a really good pitcher's duel with good defense behind it, occasionally you'll get a game like that. But a lot of the games are bad. Uh, it's getting it's getting a bigger footprint now, though. It's on TV a lot more. Uh, they're they're offering it at sports books a lot more. Um, you know, it's not that I don't follow it because I have to, but it's just not that great of a product in my opinion but uh, some people would disagree so if you're into it then uh, by all means uh, maybe you can give me some tips but uh it, it's it struggles it, it's not like college softball which actually should be the one that, that it's getting bet on a lot because that games are just so much faster paced uh just more you know just clean than college baseball but uh, we'll we'll talk about it as as we get you know through the spring. Obviously, College World Series and the Softball World Series. Uh, we'll focus in on those. But you can find some some big prices of some teams out there that you could uh, you know get get early on. Uh, and then obviously, spring training began. Um, you get um, pitchers and catchers reporting. You'll have some games starting up here in the coming days. Uh, if you didn't see this this article on the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, on the Athletic, you need to check it out right now. It's incredible. It's it's everything. That we would say and joke about, but not really be joking, like be serious about how cheap this team really is, 
how they don't care about winning, how they're trying to just draw people in and just basically lie to them. The things they did to cut costs, the things that they did to give up on their core nucleus team that they had back in like 14, 15, and they just gave up on it. Uh, it's all come to light now. All the things that we suspected, all the things that we knew were happening have now been outed by some of the, you know, some some baseball writers. Ken Rosenthal, who's you see on the World Series, one of the best baseball writers there is in, uh, you know, sideline guys or dugout guys that covers the, you know, right down, right down on the line there at the games. You know, Ken Rosenthal, a very, very, very reputable guy. And uh, the things that you'll read in this article will be, uh, well, they shouldn't stun you. If you've been paying attention at all, they shouldn't stun you. But uh, Pirates are a Ponzi scheme. They're liars. They are not trying to win. They're not ever going to try to win. And uh, the more people that spend money and continue to buy tickets there, I feel sorry for you because you're never going to see uh, any return on your investment. So anyway, we'll talk to Sam about that as well and get his opinion. But let's move on to golf. Uh, again, 9 out of 10 of our picks last week made the cut. We had a lot of top fives and top tens. So it was a good weekend for us. We go to Mexico. This week is a awful tournament. It is in Vallarta, Mexico. Um, just about as bad a field as you ever find here. Just a dreadful, dreadful field. Uh, Tony Finau, the favorite, at about six and a half, seven to one range. He's finished second and then won this last year. So back to back top twos for him at this tournament. So he is the worthy uh, front runner for this. But you're never gonna get me giving you out a six to one in golf. I got I got a page of seventy five dudes here, and I'll find one of them that I can. Uh, take a shot against uh, over Tony Finau. Um, some of the guys that I'm interested in, you're going to hear a lot of names here that you're 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 not used to to hearing. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, which is a familiar name, I had him last week. Made the cut, playing okay. He's around 22 to one, so I like him a little bit. Think he would be worth a, a, a peek. Uh, Thomas Dietrich, 23 and a half to one, 25 to one range. Uh, has been playing on the tour a little bit more regularly. Was on the European tour for several years. Always a pretty good player. Um, his game has been pretty sharp. He's made a lot of cuts. He's been in the top 20s a lot. Uh, I think he's very lively this week. I think he could be a guy that could sneak up into the leaderboard and uh, you know have a have a little bit of a shot. Davis Thompson, big on him, 33 to one range there. He's playing good golf right now. I think his game suits his course pretty well. Nikolai Hoygaard, 15 and a half to one's a little bit low for me for him. I try I'm gonna try to hunt around for a 20 somewhere in there maybe. Um, so hopefully I can find a little better number on him, but I think Hoygaard could play pretty well. Uh, and this is a this is a course where you know it's a long course, so if you can bomb it a little bit, uh, you're you're gonna have a a leg up. Taylor Pendrith, twenty five and a half to one thirty to one. He's getting a lot of love from people on various golf shows. So uh, tread lightly there, but he should be pretty solid. Keith Mitchell, who I had last week, solid player around twenty seven twenty eight to one. Like his game, uh, Eric Van Royen, 33 to 1. He's usually feast or famine. Um, last time we gave him out, it wasn't so good. So maybe this time it'll be good. 33 to 1 for him. And then uh, a couple of your longer shots Joseph Bramlett, 92, 91, 100 to 1. You can probably find uh, Justin Lauer, like him a little bit, 144 to 1, somewhere in that range. Jake Knapp, actually, he's not a long shot. He's about 39 to 1. So I forgot to mention him in the. First group of guys, so Jake Knapp, that's Knapp with a K, K-N-A-P-P. Uh, Eric Barnes, uh, 190 to 1. You can probably find some 200s out on him. We gave him out a few weeks ago. He made the cut and played pretty well. Uh, Samuel Stevens, 62 to 1, somewhere in the 70 to 1 range. You should be able to get him along with Vincent Norman, also in the 60 to 71 to 1 range. And then the last guy, Preston Stanley. You can find him at a whopping 380 to 1 Um 
just some of these guys are just new guys. There's a guy, I think uh, Davis Thompson's an amateur. You got some dudes that are just breaking into the tour here. You you have a, this is right for the taking though. You, um, Live golf has taken a, a giant chunk of the best golfers out there, and this is what you're left with: a lot of young people, a lot of guys that you don't know. So, uh, you've seen a lot of guys come over from Europe this year when they realize that hey. I can I can go over here and win now because I don't have to deal with John Rom and Brooks Kepka and all these other guys over there. I don't have to mess with them anymore. I only have to beat or you know a couple of guys a week that, that show up for these tournaments. A lot of them don't even like the big names. Like again, Tony Fina, your biggest name here. You, these guys skip. I mean, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for some of these guys from the uh, lower levels, the European tours, Asian tours, guys that play all around the world, even on the South African tour. Um, you you just. You're going to get a chance here now with the PGA being so watered down and in total trash, and they've really messed it up. And as good as golf is, I said many times, golf has the best players, the best uh, roster of players that it's ever had. That's the game of golf. And now, but you're splitting the two things; they're supposed to be merging. We'll see if that ever really happens. But um, what a time for them to screw this up when they had they had the absolute best roster of golfers they've ever had in the existence of professional golf and. They fucked it up. So, anyway, we'll uh, see how these guys do with the Mexico Championship. I'll have these posted on BLS underscore PRP so you can get them in before the tournament starts. But, again, don't shy away from playing them uh, on Friday morning uh, when you're listening to this or even on Saturday heading into the weekend because uh, we saw last week with Matsuyama you could actually got a better price on them if you waited <laughs> better than the 75-1. to 1. So, um, that's tough to do to get winners across like that. So we'll take it when we can get it. By no means would I expect that to continue. Uh, but anyway, a great week of golf for us. We'll hope to do it again. And, uh, you know, got a couple of lousy tournaments before we get back to the Florida swing and the Arnold Palmer in a few weeks. So we look forward to that. Masters about six weeks out. So keep an eye on that. We're going to take a break here on the Better's Last Stand program here brought to you by IC Cab uh, and our friends at Zambito Flooring America and Four Seasons Golf. A uh, couple of other notes here, really, before I close it up. The Oakland A's currently have the lowest posted win total since 1990 at 56.5, if you can believe that. Uh, and then in the bad beats, I only really had this one. There were several basketball games, but nothing stood out to be just, you know, legendary. Uh, just Daytona. If you had a couple of those cars and you didn't get the brakes and your guy wrecked, it was kind of a bad beat because you had get good cars up there that. Uh, weren't able to do anything. So, anyway, let's get back to it. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Sam uh, here momentarily. It's better the momentarily. It's Better's Last Stand Show seventy five in the Pine Room Studios. Brought to you by IC Cabs and Beto Flooring America and Four Seasons Golf. We will be back after this. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand Show 75. Joining us now, as always, 
Sam, the man from Upper St. Clair, uh, fresh off a long work day, I'm sure. We appreciate him joining us as always. So we're going to talk NASCAR. We're going to talk about the 500. We're going to talk about Atlanta this week. But we got to start with the news of the day. I mentioned it earlier in the show about this uh, article in The Athletic about the Pirates. And it's like uh, it's when you like you find out that your favorite uh, star whatever movie star athlete whatever is like a, a career criminal or he beats his wife or he beats his kids or this is what it's like like you suspected maybe it was there and then you find out oh my god this is all as real as we thought it was uh, Sam thoughts on the article obviously it makes the Pirates look like completely uh, the most pathetic organization in sports ever yeah it's one of those things Matt that the fan base, and if you're a Pirate fan, if you watch the team, you've had this conversation over and over and over of just how piss poor this organization is ran from the top to the bottom. They never do anything right, ever. Ever. I mean, ever. And, you know, it's always just been talked about amongst the city and the people on the radio and, you know, like the people that know. But now yeah. that you get that national article that everybody can read. Right. With Ken Rosenthal labeled in there. I mean, one of the top baseball right. writers in America. Right. Once you get one of those, it really hits home of like, oh, fuck, like this is this is a bad organization. You know, we've been able yeah. to keep it. We've been able to keep it sort of, you know, everyone knows we're bad, but we've been able to keep it in the city, you know, keep it amongst ourselves. Now it's like, hey, everybody, just to remind you and let you know, this has been going on under our feet the whole time. Yep. And it's just it was it was shocking. I'm sure there's a lot of stunned people like that follow baseball from other markets and other you know areas because you run into the same thing with the Penguins too. They, there's there's misconceptions about them that are going on in the national media that that if you're around us where we live and you pay attention to the games and what's going on, like it's not the same thing that's being reported out there across the country. And the same thing with the Pirates here, you're you're probably seeing people like, oh my God, like I can't believe a pro franchise is being run like this. And, and here we are knowing that it's going on forever. Now it's just been outed completely. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like, I think people now look at us and they're like, so you knew this was going on <laughs> right. Right. and you continued. <laughs> it's one of those things. I don't even have an, a logical explanation to be like, yeah, well, but there, it's just like, no, oh. I've known this the whole time. Yeah. It's as bad as, is as bad as we thought. It's as bad as we joked about as bad as we made fun of them. It's a scheme. It's been a scheme from, from all along. They've never tried to win. It's obvious. I mean, the things that they did to cut costs, uh, taking when they were doing renovations in Bradenton, and they take it away from the payroll. And it's unthinkable. It's unspeakable. And then the way that they handled the breakup of the actually when they had a good team back in fourteen, and then, like they, they how they handled that, and how the players that were that were on they didn't really go on record, but they you know. They gave their their uh, firsthand accounts about how how the they just didn't care. Like it's like, oh, we don't we don't care. Like they're still turning a profit. Uh, I just like it's it's unspeakable. It's soured me. Yeah, it, it has soured me for not the players on our team because it's I want them to win, but the, right. I don't want them to win for this guy. No, no, and and then the player development, just the, the constant mistakes there. Uh, and, and it's just it happens again. How many times are we going to fall for it? Like uh, people that are buying season tickets and stuff. I get it. If you want to go to a few games a year and you want to, you know, just because you love baseball and you love the team and you love the park. OK, but like if you're buying season tickets there, if, if I'm a business and my business is buying season tickets, I'm I'm canceling the fucking order. If I read that article in the paper, I mean, what am I spending my money on? Look at that. Right. 
and it's it's funny. I was all excited. I was like, dude, I'm gonna get so many opening day tickets, and I I'm gonna just invite the family do this big thing. They're playing the Orioles. I'm, I I'm now in the boat uh, yeah. of like, fuck that. Yeah, and it ruins it. It ruins it for people like you that want to go. And I I was considering going to that as well. I like, man, I, I just I don't know. It, it's just unspeakable, and and they just get away with it, and nothing will ever happen. It's nuts. It's I don't even know. How do you how do you even start the process of like getting this guy out of there? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know how it works. Do all the other owners have to be like, listen, man, you got to do something. But like the Royals, I view them lower yeah. than us, and right. they just sign a guy for two hundred. Right, because they actually, plus. but they showed what they what they wanted to go all in when they had their good team. They won a World Series and they did it. And you know what? If you're gonna suck for fifteen years, but then at the end of that, you're gonna get a World Series out of it. I think all the Pirate fans would take that. Jesus, because I mean, look at well how overdue. Long it's yeah, well overdue. And how about how about these reports that uh, you know? And I heard on Mark Madden today, and then several other outlets are saying that the the flagship channel is not even allowed to to reference this article on the fucking radio today. They're not even allowed to talk about it. So, or the Pirates are gonna like drop their games from the fucking uh, radio. Like. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't know how you can. I, I don't know. Like all credibility is gone there for me as a journalist. If you're if you're not able to talk about this in the Pittsburgh in this Pittsburgh market today, then you should probably just fold up shop. It's embarrassing. It's just we have we have from this article, Matt. I view us like the Oakland A's may be above us yes. organizationally. Yes, because at least they're not trying to hide that they that they don't care about winning. Yeah, because they. I mean, the Pirates are continuing to. Make you think that they care about winning with the Henry Davis and now Skeens. I mean, what are they going to do to Skeens? My God, oh if my I was Skeens, I, I, I'd be tr- talking to my agent right now and saying, get me the fuck out of here for whatever you got to do. Just get me away from here. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd honestly be walking down the dugout and I'd break my ankle on purpose. I'd say, dude, I'm not out of here. I'm fucking out of here, man. And then what's Derek Shelton think of all this? Although he's been complicit in it too, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know how you go. I don't know how you bring your team to to uh spring training and and have a positive outlook when they're able to read this in in across america every newspaper like how how can you how can you as a coach or a a management person try to motivate a a squad to compete when when you you see that the upper level uh you know the executive level does not care if you win or lose it's 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 crazy and it's it's sad because the thing that bothers me, like the key Brian Hayes and the hitting coach. Oh yeah, you have a, oh, a yeah. third. You have a third baseman who's a cornerstone of your franchise. You gave him, you know, right. a quote unquote big contract. Right. I mean, it's for them it was pennies. Big, I guess. Jesus, yeah. it's pennies. And you made him one of the guys, and you know, and he start he he had a phenomenal year last yeah, year. He started he to really come glove. on because he started to hit. He was hitting hot at the end of the year because he was with this coach that makes him comfortable. Yeah, and they fire him. Yeah. And I like how they're bringing in the analytical guys because they're cheaper than the other guys. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I know. Mean, how, how, I mean, that is that is just amazing. And, and, and this idiot continues to make money because most of the time, you know, really successful business people will tell you that you need to invest in better people to grow your business. Well, not this. This guy's figured out a way to, to not have to do that, too. I mean, it's incredible what he's gotten away with. I mean, just honestly, just look at what we're doing with our first overall pick. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I, I mean, I I feel sorry if you're if you're a diehard pirate fan or you've been a pirate fan and you've already Ugh. given up on the team and you're just. I mean, it's just. I guess it just. 
I don't know. It comes in full circle. You knew what you were, you knew what was happening, and now it's just been. It's a t- it's a tough one before spring training starts. I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah, it's how about that? Tough. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit more positive here. Uh, NASCAR week one in the books. Daytona 500 run on a Monday. Uh, we we talked about how it was actually nice. I enjoyed that Monday race quite a bit. Uh, it was it was nice to have after you get done the work day, and you get to uh, watch some uh, some pretty good racing. And uh, I tell you what, I thought I thought it was setting up to be like an epic, uh, one of the best ever. Like I, I was talking with Chris and my brother, and I was saying, you know, this race has been great. Like you're getting all these different leaders, you're getting these packs, one packs taken over, and then another packs taken over. I mean, it was great, great racing for a lot of that. And then, sure enough, here it comes. Uh, you know, the drafting bump, bump, and then here you go. And it's always seems to be the guys that we had is, uh, yeah, you caught the worst of it. Chastain, Keselowski for me. I mean, we, we were high on these guys. Logano had a great car. Uh, it just didn't, the climax of the race wasn't nearly as good as what I was hoping for, but overall I, I did enjoy. What did you think? Dude, you hit the nail on the head, Matt. I thought the race was awesome. I thought it was so good. It was weird, dude. The Monday race had a great yeah. feeling to it. Sure and, hey, I told you, Alex Bowman can win a race on oh, yeah. Mondays. Yes. He was right there. He was man. there. Yep. He was right there. But and I, I could have was... used him, too. I, I, of, yeah. of the two that were winning, I, the, I Bowman was one that I gave out. So I was hoping that he could at least get it. But eh. yeah. yeah. But to start the season, I thought it was a great race. But you knew a wreck was going to come. I didn't think tw- a 22 car pile up was going to come yeah. i didn't think you know it, it the first wreck for some reason something irked me about it because in, the image that is in my yeah. head is the two hendrick cars coming out of it because they caused it right and you got bowman and byron that just come out of it yeah how about that i mean it, it's amazing how it worked out yeah it did bother me and i and i like those guys and i like that team but like it, it bothered me like i, I was kind of mad about it at the end and i was like geez and then like the first wreck early, early on i thought was a stupid mistake uh that Fortunately, didn't collect too many guys, but uh, I guess that's easy for me to say. But if you, you know, ran six laps and your day was over, those guys, I mean, feel sorry for them. But uh, overall, I thought that the race was was really good. But, uh, you know, William Byron only led four laps in the race and it didn't really matter. Uh, I, I didn't think it was I didn't think it really showed who had the better the better cars. Um, I, I mean, I thought Chastain was loaded. I thought he was going to have a really good I, shot. Matt, I, th- I was so close to texting you. I was loading it up. Yep. And I was just, I knew, I knew he was going to do something wild and I love it. Oh, yeah. I loved it. That move oh. was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was a great move. I it yeah. just, just, I, it sucks that it couldn't have, couldn't have gotten to the end without that, that crash. But I know overall, uh, I'll take it. It was, a, it was a good day. Uh, it's it just as far as excitement and entertainment go. Um, yep. And we got plenty more, buddy. We got, uh, we got like 35 more weeks yeah. of this. So I that's, can't wait. that's the good part. So, yeah. Uh, you had, uh, you, you did, you did have a couple of guys, uh, in contention there. Bell was up there and Eric Jones ended up, you know, surviving the whole, the whole mess. So pretty good showing there. Uh, we move on to Atlanta this week. Uh, tell me your thoughts, uh, on Atlanta as we get another, uh, super speedway style track, although not banked the way the Talladega and Daytona are. So not quite the same, but, uh, similar. So what, what are your thoughts on Atlanta coming in this week? One person I do think we should point out before we go to Atlanta is Corey yeah. LaJoy. I don't oh, know yeah. if that uh, I don't know yeah. if that was a one off or uh, I pray it's not, but dude, first of all, that Chili's that Chili's yeah, car was awesome. Was that that yeah. was awesome. That yep. reminded me of some old school racing right there. Oh yeah. I, I, I and I just I thought he was running phenomenal, Matt. I did I too. Really and did. I had I had, had him. He was on the list of the guys that I had had. So I, I was I was pulling for him. He was like the last ditch effort that I had. Cause I mean I had 
we had guys like we talked about David Reagan. We a lot of the guys we hit on were good. I mean, Justin Haley, I thought was pretty strong. I mean, I it just you know that's the way it goes. Josh Berry, I thought ran well. Um, yeah, just a lot of promise in in the race. I, I thought Kyle Busch was really good. Uh, you know, and he ended up holding on to a good twelfth finish. But um, yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, Kyle Busch had the highest driver rating. I think it was like what yes, I wrote it down one hundred one point six, I believe. Yep, uh, and I can see that because he's going to have a very strong year, as you indicated last week, and your thoughts going forward. Uh, all right, so jumping over to Atlanta, let's hope for good weather this week. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on this one? As you have, uh, let's see, we had last year we had, I believe, Joey Logano won. I think yeah, Byron Joey and Logano, Logano won the spring race, and then Byron won the fall race, so or the summer race. So, uh, but pretty spread around here. Who, who, who are you looking at early on here? I'm, I'm a little worried, Matt. I can't lie that we're going to get a Byron two repeat. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have him as my winner, but I just have right. this weird feeling that I don't know. They're just good, man. Yes. They're good. And he won here last year and right. he, he actually, he got caught in a crash, uh, the, in the, uh, in the spring race. So, I mean, he, he was going to be in contention in that one too. So yeah. I had him down 12 to 1 as a, a definite contender. Yeah. I mean, there's some people I like, though, are like the typical Logano. I like Blaney a lot. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Me I thought too. Blaney was running pretty well. I mean, those wrecks were not. Jeez. Poor guy. God, he I tears know. Tears his wrists up. One was, one was hard enough. That second one was. Yeah. Nice terrible. weekend for Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But Be- I think Bell, Keslowski could be a winner. It's. Yep, I like Kozlowski a lot. I think he uh, he was my top pick, I, I, but I like Chastain too. I, I yeah. like Chastain's races here last year. I didn't think uh, it was indicative of his uh, of actual like his car. Like I thought he really ran well there. He had a mechanical issue in in one of the races, so um, I think he's a definite contender. Obviously, like you said, Joey Logano, Blaney's going to be a contender. Blaney's overall numbers in Atlanta are exceptional. Yeah, um, but. I mean, it's wide open. Byron, I thought. I need to tell you a guy that, that drew my attention who hasn't had the greatest of finishes, but, again, he crashed in one of them. But his driver ratings were really good, and he led a lot of laps in both races. Well, actually, not a lot, but he led in both races. One of them, he led a substantial amount. It's Chris Busher. I think the RFK guys are going to be very strong. Yeah, yeah, Busher. I saw him, and I, I just wasn't sure because I, I wanted to see how he would, you know, Daytona went, and it didn't right. go too, too great for him. Right, right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. This this one's tough because I feel like not like the LaJoys, like I have Cindric on here. I don't know. If, yep. Are they going to be up there again? Cindric right. ran pretty well too. Yes, yes. I thought he was very good. I think he'll be good here too. Uh, he had two uh, top, I think he was a 12th and 11th last year in Atlanta, yeah. which is yeah. pretty strong. I thought Alex Bowman again, uh, can he keep the momentum going? Alex Bowman's like a streaky guy. Like when he's running well, he runs very well. But then, man, when he has one little mistake, then it just compounds into like 50 mistakes. So uh, I think playing him back at 25 to 1 is a, is a good bet this week. I, I definitely expect him to be a contender. Yeah, for sure. But my, honestly, Matt, my winner is Christopher Bell. Chris Bell. All right. Yes, that's your, that's your top guy. All yes. right. Uh, what about, uh, let's see, there's another guy I was going to ask you about. Oh, what did you think of, uh, what did you think of Ty Gibbs uh, at Daytona? I wish he performed better. Yeah. I definitely wish he performed better. It's just, it's a tough race. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, extremely it's tough. just tough. And I was like, people like Michael McDowell. I mean, that was tough. Like every time, you know, the pack comes around, McDowell goes to the, you know, yeah, the ears off. It's like, that's brutal. You hate to see that. <laughs> right. 
That's just like yeah. There's there's at one point out there, and I looked at somebody who's like on oh, McDowell. He's 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 got no shot here. He's none. He had no yeah, shot. No man. chance. He's trying. He jumps. Out, he comes out of line, and no one goes with him. And it's like, <laughs> see you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Bye, buddy. <laughs> see you later. Uh, all right. Two uh two big studs coming in. Obviously, Denny Hamlin always a contender. Uh, and then Kyle Busch. What what do you think of their chances this week in Atlanta? I would take Bush over Hamlin just because something about Kyle Bush. I just think he maybe he's my pick to win it all. Yes. Yes. He's got I a think lot, he'll be lot, motivated. Yeah, he's got a lot to, to race for. I mean, he's, I think he's racing the truck the truck race, too. I'd probably Is pick he? him to win the trucks. I think yeah, so. I think I'm he's racing sure. Spire. That's probably a pretty good uh, bet there. What did you think? Uh, let me ask you a couple other guys. Uh, what did you think of Josh Berry's run at Daytona? I thought it was good. I You know, it's it's kind of like... I guess where he should have finished, I guess, for your right. first race and your full first full cup season. But, uh, you know, me, I thought he Solid. would do a, do a little better in, in Harvick's car. Right, right. Yeah, and then I mean, he didn't have the best of luck either. Just no. Know, but that's the way it goes. And then uh, Daniel Suarez, another one. Uh, I thought he had a pretty decent car. And, uh, again, yeah. he, he's, you know, caught up in a mess, uh, not of his own doing. But that's the way it goes. Uh, he's a good sleeper to win this one. I think he was like 28 to 1. Yeah, no, I, I like him too. I think he's a, a decent price. AJ Allmendinger's run pretty well here in the past. Uh, what do you think of Chase Elliott last week? I, I still think he's going to have a pretty strong season. Yeah, I do too. He, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought he looked yep. back to like the old, not too much to worry about Chase Elliott. Like starting to get like okay, he's got getting his swagger back. He's feeling comfortable in the car again, yeah. and uh, he's he's going to do some some damage. I, I I think it'll be very soon before he uh, you know, won't be very long before he wins a race here. Um. And then Eric Jones, your guy, got a top 10 finish. It's just like Eric Jones always just kind of plots along, and if he doesn't get in a catastrophic wreck, then he's usually pretty solid, and he kept it together for a top 10 this past week. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty pretty strong. You know, his teammate, I don't want to even talk about his teammates. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that setup, man. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it really yeah, is. It's I, so silly. And speaking of silly, um, how about the performance of Austin Dillon again? Now it wasn't really his fault, but I mean, this dude can't get out of his own way. It's just I know. a debacle every week with him. If I was him, I'd, I'd have to just have a serious talk with myself. Like this might be it. Yeah. This is getting tough. Yeah. It, it, it nothing you can do is ever going to work. Like it's just constant problems. Whatever he decides to do, uh, usually does not work in, in his favor. So I don't know. We'll see if he can pick it up at all. But uh, if, if he couldn't get a good run together at Daytona, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him going forward. Um, and then the last guy I asked you about, uh, Noah Gregson, he kind of he, he did a little better than I expected at Daytona. Yeah. I mean, hey, I texted you when he had the lead. Right. Uh, told him, watch out for any tire barriers that pop yeah. out. Careful, Noah. But, yeah, I just yeah. I just think if he can just like not punch anybody or try to punch anybody in the face and like just keep his mouth shut and just like focus on being a, a pro i think he'll be all right yeah. i really do because the team's good it's tony stewart's team yeah no doubt um all right so chris bell is your pick for the race uh winner in atlanta the am better health 400 uh what what long shot interests you if any kind of like suarez okay danny suarez okay yeah. like it um all right so we got a couple weeks until uh, till F1 starts up. A few more weeks till Indy. Um, so that's that's good news. Uh, the bad news is we still got a whole entire half season of NBA. Did you witness any of that NBA All Star game? It was the most unspeakable thing I've ever seen. I can't believe it actually occurred on planet Earth. It's yeah, it's 
beyond embarrassing. All the All-Star games have turned into just nothing. I mean, yeah. not a thing. None of them are worth a goddamn thing. It's sho- It's shocking. Like, baseball had it right. They fucked it up. Yes. Basketball, I don't even know what you do to nobody wants to play in the game. No. There's no reason for them to compete. No. I was I I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was like this game's on pace to get four hundred points. It was yeah. like a hundred point first quarter. And there was people betting the under. I got I was like stunned, like professional syndicates going over betting this game under three sixty five and then end up going off at like three fifty three and a half. Like this game's gonna be almost over at halftime. It's it is one of the most embarrassing displays of like a profession that, yeah, I I don't know I don't the NBA jeez I don't I feel sorry for the people that went to that game and paid for it and I thought after Larry Bird started like talking about how like maybe they'll see the guys start to compete more this year it's like well Larry see what they think of you yeah <laughs> fuck you Larry is what they said Jeez. oh man yeah so between that and the Pirates uh, and the Penguins this week it's enough to make me nauseated the Penguins lose again last night. They blow the game on on Yager night, which was a really cool evening. I don't know if you watched that game oh, or yeah. not, but that oh, it was really awesome. I I enjoyed uh, all the stuff with Yager. I thought it was really well done by the Penguins. And then the game starts in uh, pretty lackluster performance. You hold on to a one nothing lead throughout, and then as usual, uh, two late goals. Jari probably should have stopped the second one. Um, yep. And here we go again. They lose to the Islanders last night. Sam, I think they're done. What about you? Yeah, Matt. I don't think there's a chance. They're just they're not big. They're not physical. They're old. I, I said to somebody at work, I, I'm dead. I was dead serious when I said it. When I saw Yager skate on the ice, they seriously should have told him, dude, play. Play. He could, you are you are now our biggest skater besides Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. And people probably are not gonna be able to get the puck from you. So How you, about, you need to play. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you had him and Sid on on the power play, you probably would have a hard time getting the puck off of him. I mean, Incredible. he couldn't be any worse on the power play than the guy. I don't care if he's 70. It wouldn't matter. I know. I know. It's Yarmir Yager. Yeah. And he's still playing. Yeah. God, man, we're yeah, bad. It, we're bad, man. He took the warm up, and you wouldn't even know that he was like an old guy. Like he just, like I know it's just a warm up, but still, we're bad. Uh, guy we're moves bad. effortlessly as he did when he when he left Pittsburgh. But uh, I feel sorry for him. Uh, you know, you, you come in for an awesome night like that, and they can't get the job done for him. Uh, but I, yeah, I think they're finished. Uh, we'll see what they do at the deadline. Uh, I was mentioning earlier, and you have you and I have been like advocates for this for weeks, months, really or even back in the summer when they signed him, is trade Jari. There's a misconception outside of the Pittsburgh market that this guy is an elite-level goalie. I hear people talking about Vesna. I hear people talking about Team Canada starter for the Olympics. Like, they, they've not witnessed what we've seen on a night-in, night-out basis. This guy doesn't always bring it. So if someone wants him and wants to give the Penguins draft picks in, a, in an NHL-caliber player right now, why wouldn't they do it? They're not going anywhere this year. No, I mean, I would, I would honestly, I'd trade Jari. I'd get rid of Gensel. Yes. I'd get Riley rid of, I'd Smith. even consider Smith. I'd even consider Eric Carlson. Yes. If, if someone would take him, I think he could do it. I, I don't, salary wise, probably not. I mean, I'm not saying he's the worst, in, in, but he's just not performed. I don't know. Maybe it's not even his fault. Maybe it's just a product of the broken machine that is the Penguins, you know, team right now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know who to blame. I, don't, I can't blame Sullivan for everything. Uh, surely he's not instructing them to be this shitty on the power play and not shoot. Like, <laughs> right, I just, right. I, I don't know. Some point, these guys are just stuck in their ways. And I actually think, like, Latang has played a pretty good, had a good season. I think Crosby's been good. Malkin's about finished. 
Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're depth guys. I mean, there's never any chemistry with the guys. They don't. It's like we we play them up for a game. They call a guy up for a game, and then if he doesn't do something immediately, it's like okay, send him right back down. They they that was what made it work back when like Rust and those guys, Connor Sherry, were all coming up. Is they gave those guys time. Like they they let them come up, and they gave them time to kind of get in sync. And I don't know. I just maybe it's just so broken it won't matter, but. Uh, like, I think Dubas is in a way worse situation than he would have ever imagined. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, he, I didn't really understand the the whole fascination with him because he, he didn't really build a whole lot in Toronto. He built a decent regular season team that choked in the playoffs every year. The Penguins might not even be that. So I know. <laughs> he can't I know. even get it there. But I, I, I think he should be selling just about everybody. I mean, I know you're not going to trade the, the, the core guys, but, you need to entertain offers for just about anybody that that, that anyone would want. Uh, there's just no reason not to. Yeah, yeah, we're, we are actually at that point because it's not. I mean, shit. Where where are we right now? Yeah, twenty four, twenty one, fifty three. Yeah. And then you're losing points. games last night to teams you're competing with, like the Islanders, and you just can't do that. You can't you can't keep doing it. You're you're having like a four straight games on home ice. You've already lost two of them now. You've yeah. got one point. Like, I couldn't imagine playing a team like the team like the Rangers. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. In a, in a series, it would be ugly. It would be terrible. Uh, Embarrassing. Speaking of the Rangers, in the Eastern Conference, uh, any any teams stick out to you other than the Rangers that, that you think could be lively? I think Florida's really good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's either Florida or uh, the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I don't like the Hurricanes. I don't know what it is about the Hurricanes. Yeah, me either. Just the yeah. Flyers scare me. Now they yeah, they well. Me. I think if they uh, if their goalie didn't get arrested, uh, right? That, that would. I, I do think they're, but they have been pesky still, and I think they'll hang around. So they'll be a thorn in somebody's side. They 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 have played well. I'll give Tortorella credit. Uh, I think if they had a stable goalie, they could be very dangerous. Uh, Devils not good enough goaltending wise for me. Maybe they make a move. Um, I'm with you on Carolina. I don't think their goaltending is good enough. Rob Brindamore, I think he's a good coach, but like I don't know if the their style seems to like it, it looks like they're always tired come playoff time. It's weird. I don't know how that. The only other team in the East that I thought maybe a dark horse that could, if they make a couple moves, is Detroit. I think they're getting better and better. Uh, I like some of the additions that they made. They're a huge price. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win a cup, but I think they can make a decent run uh, if they make a move. Though they've they've got to stabilize. They probably need to get a goalie and uh, maybe just another good top six four. But uh, I think they're all right. And then. Uh, I don't know. Anybody in the Western Conference interest you? Our Kings are playing a little bit better now. I know. I know. They just when you have a really bad slump like they had, I feel like that's just that's a tough little little divot to get out of. And they get rid of the coach and then they've played better, but how long will that last? And also it really hurts that the Oilers just got red, red hot. Yeah, yeah. You and know? the Oilers can they uh can they win it in the playoffs? I mean, I like what the Oilers did as far as building their team, but I still think they need a goaltender. Uh, and Paul Coffey's done wonders for their for their defense and during this really good run. They got the Bruins tonight, though. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I I, I just don't think they're going to get it done. I don't either. And the Canucks are starting to worry me, too. I like them. I like Rick Talkett, I hope. But they're, they've not played very well the last couple of weeks, and they've blown a lot of leads. They've given up a ton of goals. So they're worrying me a little bit. I still think Vegas is kind of hiding in the weeds out there. They're, they're going to be a tough out, I think, in the playoffs. Yeah, and also I think Colorado is just a wild. Yeah. They're yeah. so they're so good. And I think Colorado adds some pieces too because they if you have any criticism of them, their bottom six, it's very similar what happened to Tampa. 
is when they make these cup runs and then they start like their their guys who are basically top six players playing in the bottom six end up getting bigger contracts somewhere else. So you saw Tampa do it. They've all lost their depth. So I think if Colorado, I think if Colorado adds some, some, uh, then I think they're probably the favorites overall. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would agree. It's just tough. Like what are the Canucks? Fuck. Their record is good. Yeah. But once you get in the playoffs, man, like that doesn't matter. I think I just think of the Panthers all the time. Yeah, no, you're right. The Panthers have the per, the most complete team to me that I've seen uh, this year because they got goaltending. Uh, whoever would have thought Bobrovsky would would be to the point where you can actually rely on him, uh, and they're they're tough. I mean, when you get guys like Kachuk who can get five minute majors, beat somebody's ass, and then go out and score a hat trick, get like five points in a game, like that's that's a rare thing. So uh, I I really I think Florida is really strong. I think they're going to be a, a really really tough out, but. We'll see. A couple weeks till trade deadline. Uh, hopefully the Penguins are in seller mode and they can uh, get ready for next year because this year they're not going anywhere. No. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, anything else on the horizon sports-wise for you? Anything else you got in your sights? Dude, I was fired up for Bucks and Pucks this weekend. You know, they're yes. all fired up. And now I'm I'm not too fired up about it. Will I watch it? Of course. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. I am that guy. I mean, I will watch the Pirates, but yeah, Matt, I'm just I'm thrown off, man. I know, I know. Matt. I'm thrown off. Well, we're gonna have to uh, use our other uh, adopted other teams this year to. Uh, I know. Get I was thinking baseball. that we might have to pick so, a new team together. Yeah, we'll just, you know, I've always got the Orioles to lean on at least. So that's right. A you got a good thing. AL team. I I might need another NL team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that could be too. I don't know who you go to. God, I mean, the Dodgers are the, like they're like too good to, for anybody to start cheering for them. I don't know. That's tricky. Nobody in the Central Division. I don't know. Maybe you can find. Maybe you can go with Jarrett and go down to the Marlins or somebody down in the in the East. <laughs> I know that crowd scares me. The Marlins yeah. crowd. The Mets. Oh God. Fuck yeah. that. Well, plenty more baseball talk ahead on Better's Last Stand in the coming weeks. Sam, thanks as always. Enjoy the race in Atlanta. Uh, have a great week, and we will see you next week. Yeah, man. It was good talking to you. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. All right, that's Sam the Man from Upper St. Clair with wonderful insights and analysis as always. Uh, that'll conclude today's show, Better's Last Stands, show 75 from the Pine Room Studios. Uh, we thank Sam. We thank all our listeners for tuning in. Check us out on the radio three days a week, watchdognetwork.com for the stream. If you're out of the area, get on there and check it out. We got lunch madness going on. We're in the Salami 16. Things are really heating up right now, so get on board with that. If you haven't voted on your lunch madness on the brackets, on the matchups, get on to the Pine Room Instagram or Facebook at the Pine Room Studios and do that immediately and check up on the contest and all the things that are going on Pine Room related. Again, thanks to our friends at IC Cab, Zambito, Flooring America, and Four Seasons Golf uh, for their sponsorship and support. Uh, thanks to the Nailers as well. Big weekend for the Nailers, so get on out to West Banker Arena on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday and check out the Nailers. You got 710 puck drops on Friday and Saturday and 410 on Sunday as usual. Uh, should be an action-packed weekend. You got uh, plenty of hockey, basketball, um, and uh, baseball right around the corner. So uh, stick with us here. Better's last stand. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you next week here from the Pine Room Studios. Best of luck on all your wagers. And, again, remember, follow us, BLS underscore PRP on Twitter or X, and keep up with the picks. Even if you don't follow us, you can still get the picks. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you next week here on Better's Last Stand.
All right, welcome in. Better's Last Stand back after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Last time we were seen over at Belmont Brew Works. Had our buddy Rick on the on the show. He uh, had us over. It was a great uh, evening. We talked a lot about sports betting on the show as always. And then uh, had a few drinks and uh, something to eat. So it was a good time. Chris here with me in the studio. Hello. 